Well, hello. Hi. We're almost there. Almost. Good morning, everybody. I hope, I hope you've had a tremendous week, and I hope uh, my heart is that we're here. We're going to worship Jesus. I love, I love Jesus. Can you hear me? Cassie can't hear me. Oh, I'm not saying anything, Cassie. <laughs> I'm just mumbling. Let's worship Jesus. <laughs> That's what we'll do. Um, let's see. I'm going to pray. <laughs> Lord, we give this morning to you, Lord. We give this worship to you. And Lord, I just pray that you would come. That your Holy Spirit would fill this place. It's your presence we need, Jesus. But only you are worthy to be worshipped. So come. Come, Lord. Amen. Um, I'd like you to stand if you're okay with that. I know I'm ordering you around, but... <laughs> On the first song, it's happy, everybody smile. No, I don't care. <laughs> That's what I think of. So wonderful 
ask you to come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Love you, Lord. I love. 
King of my heart, be the mountain where I am, the fountain I drink from. Oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I am, the ransom for my life. Oh, he is my song. You are good, good, oh, you are good, good, oh, and you are good, good, oh, you are good, good. the king of my heart be the fountain where I run the fountain I drink from oh he is my song let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide the ransom for my life
me down yes jesus you're never gonna let never gonna let me down you're never gonna let never gonna let me down you never you're never gonna let never gonna let me down jesus you're never gonna let you're never gonna let me down you're never you're never gonna let you're never gonna let me down you're never gonna let never gonna let me down again and you're never gonna let you're never gonna let me Jesus, 
always good. Always have my best interest at heart. I love that. We do. We trust you, Jesus. You're always, forever, never-ending good. Thank you, Lord. Amen. As I had this scripture come to my mind, 1 Chronicles 16.34, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Just a simple, simple little verse. But it's like so powerful. God's goodness and his mercy. Like, how can you not feel that? <laughs> like, how can you not give God praise? So... Lord Jesus, we lift up your name. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy, God, your mercy that is everlasting, your mercy that goes forever. Lord, you washed us clean of our sin, Lord Jesus. Lord, you wiped away our every transgression. You cleaned the slate for us, God. Oh, Lord, you are so, so good. Jesus, we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. I just, um, let's be silent for a moment. I want you to, in your head, think of something where God has been good to you. And I want you to lift that up as a remembrance to God to, for you to remember and to also remind God of how he's been good to you. So let's just take a moment and and give God your praise. Just have a communication with the Lord. So I'm reminded of that scripture that it, uh, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. That God is so good to us. He's so kind to us. He's so loving and generous to us. And it just, it drives us to say, Lord, <laughs> I'm sorry for all the ways I screw up. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Um, we're going to do a couple of announcement kind of things. Dave, can I have you come up? And um, so Dave's going to give an announcement, and then um, I'm going to show um, our friends in the Ukraine um, at Wide Awake uh, shared another update this morning. And so I'm going to play that and share that with all of us. And we're going to pray for our friends over in the Ukraine this morning. And we're going to spend some good time just lifting them up to the Lord um, yeah, I'm going to stop there uh, for now. But Dave, why don't you um, give your announcement while not give me a, some space to bounce back there to do the video. Okay. So um, 
When we first started going through this season of COVID, I'll put it in those terms, we tried to understand what we needed to do to keep everybody safe. To suddenly not assemble for a while was really hard. I, I know how difficult it was for many of you that we weren't able to, to be together for a long time. But I just want to throw a shout out <laughs> to Dusty, who had to figure out the technical side of this season. And I happened to be there to witness a lot of what he went through. And I just want to say he's, he's like, I think he's one of our local heroes. Can we give him a round of applause? <laughs> so we um, are reaching a point now where uh, most of the states are starting to relax the mask mandate. Um, our governor has made a specific date as it relates to school systems and so forth for the 21st, I think, of next month. Um, and so more and more and more, you're starting to see people start to relax on the masks. We've had a very specific safety plan that we laid out for everybody that we really asked everybody to cooperate. And I want to congratulate you. I, I am so proud of you, of how everybody participated with this. I don't feel like we experienced what most churches experienced. There were internal debates, there was infighting, there were so many political things that just came up in so many of the churches, but I didn't see any of that here. I'm not that people didn't have their opinions, not that people didn't have real passionate thoughts about the merit of the idea, but that everybody signed up and everybody cooperated is a real, real great achievement, I think, of this church. And I just want to say thank you. So today marks a day that's the beginning of a new season for us. At this point, we are going to start to relax on the mandate for masks. <laughs> now, I just want to say if anybody, you know, feels like they need to stand up and dance, I'm okay with that. Um, I'm not going to do that, but just, <laughs> but um, I do want to continue to say there are still some that have very good reason for wanting to hold on to these things. We want to continue to respect their right and their desire to keep doing this as long as it takes, all right? We all need to remember that we have one clear job, and we have two. <laughs> love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and love our neighbor as ourselves right? And so we can love our neighbors through 
how they process these things and social distancing for as long as it takes. Amen? Amen. Thank you. And good job. Hey, friends. Kim asked me to take a turn today. So I uh, just want to give you an update. We're okay. Um, there was, it sounds like, a radar was just hit in our region. Um, we all heard it. Kind of sounded like uh, thunder. Uh, but yeah, so there's always something new happening. But what's most important is today, under the Wide Awake roof, we've got about 50 friends with us, moms and their adult children with disabilities, our boys, um, the team, as well as uh, we were able to help a, um, a Bible school, a bunch of university students in Kyiv that were really close to uh, a lot of the fighting in Kyiv last night. And they got to us last night before the bridges were blown out. And uh, they're with us. And we just fed them, prayed with them, uh, sang a lot, and uh, sent them to bed. And today it's been chores, cutting wood, just doing everything we can um, to, to keep the homestead running and keep people busy. Work is good therapy. Uh, so thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you for being with us um, along the journey. We'll give you more information tomorrow, but uh, it's just a, a lot going on. So, um, but we wanted to give you an update and thank you so much for your support. Everybody, you're asking how you can help. Firstly, pray. Secondly, just donate money uh, when we don't have to think about funds. Uh, it helps us, it frees us up to, uh, to just focus on the people we're caring for. And uh, we've just decided we're not, uh, we're not turning anyone away that uh, doesn't have options. Um, and we're trusting that we're going to have what we need. Uh, we're right on the highway heading west. And so it's a great location to, for people to be able to pop in. And we can uh, help them, pray with them, care for them a bit, feed them, and either send them on their way or give them a place to sleep. So right now... Um, we're picking up uh, Vada and Maxime and her husband. Uh, Maxime is one of our boys. Uh, he's with us a couple times a week. And I actually have guardianship of him when his parents can no longer care for him. Um, but with what's going on and how things are moving, we're bringing him out to the homestead because it's safer out here away from the city. Um, our whole area, our whole city is surrounded by volunteers and army a lot, of, a lot of Ukrainian people are just stepping up and helping out. Every line for volunteering in the service was just full yesterday. And so um, just a few words on that. Day one, everybody was shocked. The whole world was shocked. They didn't even believe it. Well, couldn't even believe it. Day two, we, we watched our Ukrainian brothers and sisters like come out of shock and, and be angry and start thinking, what do we do? Day three, which was yesterday, we saw the lines fall. Grandmas and grandpas filling bags of sand, setting up um, blockades. Uh, everybody signing up, either getting a gun to take home to protect their family in their neighborhood, or signing up to serve in the in the military. Um, Ukrainians just are mobilizing to protect their country. So stand with us. Speak with your representatives, uh, your political uh, representatives, whoever is in your area that you can speak to to get government involved to help here. Uh, please do that. We're staying on the ground as long as we can be here safely because there's people that, that need support, and that's what God's asked us to do, and so we're going to do it, and we're going to trust that uh, we're going to have what we need. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for praying, and um, take care. Bye.
Um, our friends in the Ukraine, um, for those of you who don't know, they run an orphanage in the Ukraine where boys who have been institutionalized that are special needs, developmentally disabled, um, they run an organization there in the Ukraine where they are personally adopting boys out of there and they are also um, connecting those boys with families in other countries to get them adopted out of these institutions where they were basically just warehoused. Um, they have personally taken guardianship over five different boys. Um, and then there's been, uh, I think, five to eight more that they've connected in Germany, they've connected in the United States, other places where they've gotten boys adopted out of this institution. And all of them across the board are special needs in various different ways. Um, on our church website, so vcfyakima.com, on the front of the page, you will see a little link that says Wide Awake. And if God is moving on your heart to do something for the Ukraine, I would graciously suggest um, supporting Wide Awake Ministries. Um, as you heard, they're not just taking care of their boys. They're taking care of right now anybody who shows up. Um, my wife's um, through, were they friends from college, sweetie, with uh, Jeremiah's Hope? Yeah. Um, is connected with another um, children and youth uh, adoption organization over there called Jeremiah's Hope. And they were sharing photos of what they're doing. They're like literally having to take these little kids and put them on the bare floor in root cellars, sleeping on the dirt to try and survive the bombing that's happening because they're a lot closer to Kiev. Yeah, they're a lot closer. So it's happening all around where they are. And I have to tell you, I was at work on Friday, sitting at my desk. Um, I actually had to post some stuff online for my job um, about a drama production we had going on at the middle school. And so I saw that my wife had shared these pictures. And so I went and looked. And I had to get up and close my door <laughs> of my office because I saw these pictures of all these little bedding and these little sleeping bags and stuff on these dirt floors in this dark basement where there's no lighting, there's no heat. And um, like, what do I do with that? I had, um, I've got Jed's, the guy who was talking, cell phone number, and I messaged him the other day, but cell service has been down, so I don't think he's been getting anything. Um, so I emailed them as well, because they have been able to do emails still. Um, just that, you know, I feel super helpless. Like, I'm one of those people, I want to, you know, go run over there and grab a firearm and stand in front, you know, <laughs> like, like my instinct is to go and, and do something. And I'm a fixer and I can't fix nothing on this thing. Like, it's just, I can't fix it. But as I told them, I do serve a God. And if I didn't believe in the power of prayer, I couldn't be a Christian. Like, if I didn't believe that God hears our prayers, um, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, I don't, you know, I, I have to believe God hears our prayers. So I want to, with everything that I have in me, encourage you guys to pray for the country of Ukraine, to pray specifically for these kids and for these families, 
the hundreds of thousands of people who are fleeing, um, you know, there was just, there was no provocation for this. It's literally just, there was no reason. Um, and real people who we personally know who have stood here in our church and hung out with us and had lunch with us and talked to us. And I don't know if you guys, some of you were here when they brought Vladek over after they had adopted Vladek. And Vladek was here with us. And, like, these, these are our people. They're, they're vineyard folks. And these are real people who are over there right now in the middle of all this. So it's not just some place on a map. It's not people that we don't care about. And I, I, I truly believe that in our world today, one of the greatest issues and problems that we have is lack of empathy. Like it's a primary issue in our world today is lack of empathy. Um, scripture tells us to weep with those who weep, to sit with people in the midst of their pain, to not avoid it, to not ignore it, to not pretend it's not happening. But as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are called to go into those places and to be light and to be salt and to be there for them. So let's pray. Oh, Holy Spirit. We need you. Lord, I just, uh, even as we were praying for them yesterday in our, in our leaders meeting, Lord, we pray again. Lord, would you station your protective angels at all four corners of the Wide Awake homestead, Lord God? Lord, would you watch over them? Lord, would you create a barrier around them that cannot be assaulted, Lord God, that cannot be touched? Lord, would you, in the name of Jesus Christ, cover them? Lord, we speak protection over them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we, we, we claim that scripture that no weapon formed against them will prosper, Lord God. Lord, that any weapon that has turned their direction would, would fail, would break, would clog, would just not function. Lord, that they would somehow be invisible to the invading Russian armies, Lord God, that they wouldn't see them. Lord, that even though the airport was blown up just down the road from them, and even though the recruiting center was destroyed yesterday, Lord God, even though all those things are happening around them, Lord, would you keep them in your pocket? Would you keep them in the palm of your hands? Would you, would you put your wing over them, Lord God? in protection of them, that they would be covered in the shadow of your wing, Lord Jesus. Lord, they just, they heard your call to leave everything here in the U.S. behind some years ago, uproot their whole family and go over there to serve the least of these, to take care of these, these developmentally disabled young men, Lord God. And Lord, now they're in the midst of this. And Lord, I, I know that you called them there. So Lord, I ask, would you 
reciprocate their yes? Would you cover them now? Would you protect them now, Lord God? Lord, these, these precious boys who, they don't know what's going on. They don't have comprehension of, of why all these people are flooding in and their lives are being kind of upended, Lord God. So, Lord, would you bring them peace? Lord, I speak your peace over them in the name of Jesus. Lord, bring them your peace. Lord, one of your names is the Prince of Peace, that you're almighty God. Lord, you have both the power and the character to care for them, Lord God. So we beseech you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we, we cry out to you, God, to watch over these precious ones, Lord. Surround them, Lord Jesus. Lord, Scripture talks about your mighty right hand that can save. Lord, would you stretch out your mighty right hand? Amen. Again, if you want to keep up with them, um, the front page of the VCF Yakima website, you'll see a little tag that says Wide Awake. It's like right on our front page. Just click on that. You can get information about them and kind of what's going on. You can sign up for their newsletter. They have a podcast. They're, they're trying to check in every day. So all of us who are like, our hearts are, <laughs> are with them, they're trying to reassure us and let us know that they're good. Um, so if you want to keep up with them, I would encourage you to do that. And, you know, if God so moves you, give. Give. Um, just so you do know, our Northwest region, um, before when this was coming down the pike about two weeks ago, and you know we were starting to hear the, the U.S. administration was saying this is coming, this is imminent, um, our Northwest region of churches got together, and we were able to secure for them before all of this hit um, generators. And we bought them like $5,000 worth of generators between all of our churches and the fuel to use them. And so if they lose power, these guys are still going to be able to function. So just so you know that, you know, we, there are people and we're doing what we can. Um, anyway, uh, can I get everybody to stand up real quick? Just go ahead and stand where you are for me. If you would go and... Uh, greet a couple of folks. I'm going to get set up here. Go say hi to somebody that maybe you haven't met before. Tell them welcome. Thank you for joining us. And um, we'll get switched over here in just a second.
All right, if I could have you guys please make your way back to your seats. I would appreciate it. Kind of start wandering on back. I've actually got a couple of other um, kind of announcements, some information to tell you about. That's kind of, I don't know, I, th I think it's important or at least different. Um, All right, so uh, first thing, we are, um, over the next month or so, um, we're gonna, we'll figure out the exact day we're going to do this, um, but we're going to change Sunday morning. We're going to change how we do it. Um, we are going to start off with where we're starting off with announcements, and then I'm going to share a message, and then we're going to have worship and an extended time of ministry where we can pray for people, pray for healing, ask God to restore you. Hopefully, um, you know, some of God's um, prophetic gifting will kind of come out during that time. And so our intention is that it, you may have noticed we took out this front row of pews. Um, and so part of that was this thought process of, um, you know, in the Old Testament, they would build the temple, and then God would come reside there, right? So it's a little bit of an analogous thing here. We don't actually, like, think God exists in a, only in a physical place anymore. Um, but we thought, why don't we provide some space for us to be able to do more ministry? Um, so it's going to be a little bit of a switch. So if you get here late, you may miss part of the message. Um, we are also looking at having a before service social time. So our thought is over here, we're gonna have coffee and tea, um, some uh, fruit, um, some light snacks, maybe some uh, you know, donuts or bagels or stuff like that. And like for the first half hour before service, have a time where we can kind of gather socially um, because we probably won't have the space in the middle of service like we just did because we won't have to have that same kind of switch over time. Um, and so a good time to come and connect with people would, would be before service at that time. Um, and you're going to hear about that. Um, Christy Stahl actually had this great idea. I think the first week we do it, we're going to do a pancake feed before service. So we're going to come over here. We'll set up some griddles. I actually have a really good buttermilk pancake recipe because I'm a dad. So, you know, you gotta, if you're a dad, you got to know how to make... <laughs> if you're a dad, you got to have what? Oh, sweet. Okay. So we'll just, anybody who wants to pitch in on that Sunday, we're, we're going to get that together. So sometime in the next month, we're going to kind of transition over this. It might be a little bit strange. It's going to be kind of a change from normal. That's good. God's, you know, there's, you get a new wine skin, right? God put some new wine in, some new wine skins, and... So that, you know, he's going to do something. We just, we really have this sense, and, and we have for a while, you guys have heard me kind of saying this for a while, that God's up to something and that the Holy Spirit's moving and the Lord really wants to, to reach us in a greater way. And so we can do our part by making more space for that. So that's our intention. So we're going to kind of flip service around a little bit. Um, I have a great expectation. I have great expectation. I have a lot of hope um, that God's really going to meet us. And we'll, we'll announce this for a few weeks 
to kind of let people know. Um, one other thing, we, we talked about it in our leadership meeting yesterday. Um, this summer, I'm going to be taking a bit of a sabbatical, um, which I haven't done ever. Um, I, uh, without going too deep in the weeds, um, I first started in a full-time ministry capacity in 1989. Um, I had about a five-year period where I wasn't involved in ministry in any way. And then after that, we came here and I jumped in with Wayne Purdom, the pastor at the time, and have been kind of going ever since. And so my team has been convincing me, as Shauna's nodding at me, convincing me <laughs> that I should probably do this for long term, like health and getting my head straight and stuff like that. So through this summer, I'm going to take a bit of a sabbatical. We have a great team here. There's plenty of people who can do what I do. We've got folks who can step in and cover. I am like, I have zero concerns or worries about it or anything. Um, so my encouragement to you is, is show up, be here, support the folks who are going to be stepping in and kind of filling my space that I normally fill. And I'm a big guy. I fill a lot of space. <laughs> um, but I just want to, we like, we don't want it to be some kind of surprise, like, hey, it's been a while, where's Dusty? <laughs> you know, especially when I'm up here most of the time, or back there, or both. Um, so just, those are kind of some things that we've got going on. Um, there's a lot of um, kind of cool times of gathering that we're, we're working on right now. So I want you to kind of know that ahead of time. We're planning a, like a really cool Easter outreach. Um, we're going to have some times this summer where we gather up at Lake Rimrock and hang out together in nature, maybe do some baptisms up there, different things like that. So we, we just want you to know that we've got some of this stuff in the works. We had our leadership meeting yesterday, and, and we really want to, these last couple of years have been, and, and maybe even longer than that, I would say, um, have been pulling us apart and separating us and isolating us. And, you know, for a good long while there, you know, we were like not together at all, right? And so damage was done. There was some damage done because of that. And we need to now begin to heal that damage relationally, that relational damage. Um, and so we want to provide spaces for us to get together because you guys are awesome. And we have an amazing group of people here. Like, I love the people in our church with all my heart. And I know how amazing you all are. And not everybody knows each other. And so we just need more time to do that. We just need to hang out and have fun. Like, be family, right? Like, God has called us to be a unified body of God. And how are we going to ever do that if we don't really get to know each other? So let's fix that, right? Like, if, you, if there's a problem, you fix the problem. You don't just ignore the problem. So, want you to know, we're working on all that stuff. I'll stop there. Was there anything I missed, Dave? No. Okay, good. That's what I wanted to hear. I'm going to pray real quick, and then we're going to jump in. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would continue to call us to you. Holy Spirit, would you please, in your greatness and in your mercy, continue to speak to us? Lord, I ask as you call us to follow you in a deeper way, that each and every one of us would be responsive to your voice, God. We give you glory and honor, Jesus. Amen. Jeremiah 6.16 says this, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. 
and where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. But you said we will not walk in it. So all of us, at times, can see things that are good. Like, hey, you know, it would be good for me to do this. It would be good for me to lose some weight. It would be good for me to pray more. It would be good for me to have a better quiet time. There, there's lots of things that I can see that are good for me. But sometimes I say, but I will not walk in it. <laughs> like, I am not going to choose to do that. You'll see where I'm going with this. Lent. Lent is an ancient practice of fasting. It's a 40-day fast where you give something to the Lord or give up something and say, God, for this 40 days of time, it mimics Christ's time in the wilderness. It's like to um, reflect what Jesus did in the wilderness. Lord, for these 40 days, I am going to not do this thing that I typically do. Um, I've mentioned before in previous years, there was a 40-day time where I gave up meat. And if anybody who knows me knows it's not a meal unless meat is involved. It's just a snack. <laughs> um, and so during that time, every time I came to a meal, I thought about, hey, I'm not eating meat. Why? Oh, yeah, God, you. And it spurred me to pray. And it spurred me to think about the Lord. And why was I fasting? I was fasting to honor God. Now, it doesn't have to be food. Although for some of us, food's kind of a big deal. I'm probably going to do a food-centered thing this year. Um, I won't talk about that, but um, I would just encourage you to kind of be thinking about something. And I'm going to give a few examples of things that you could consider. Um, one year, my son gave up drinking soda. And he had soda, like soda was his thing. He doesn't like ever eat dessert but he liked soda. And so he gave up soda for 40 days. And I remember one time we were out to dinner and he reflexively ordered a soda. He's like, Dad, I did something wrong. I was like, what, buddy? What, what happened? He's like, Dad, I ordered a 7-Up. Like, and I said I wouldn't drink that. I was like, okay, we'll just, it's okay. We'll pay for it, but it'll just sit there. And that's fine. But like he was thinking about, you know, that I told, I said that I would do this. I committed to God that I would do this thing. And oh, man. Um, so it's just, it, but it made him think about what can I give up to the Lord? What can I, my preferences, my wants, my desires, my way, how can I give that to God? John 3.30 says this, he must increase, but I must decrease. Are there things in our lives that keep us, that keep a separation between us and the Lord? Are there things in our way of being that if we decreased that, we might have more of Christ in us? And as we're talking about Lent, I want you to kind of think about that. Sculptors understood that art lies within the object. I have a good friend, he's been one of my best friends for over 30 years, Jonathan. And he's a good sculptor. He's the stupid jerk's actually really good at anything creative. Like, he can cook, he can sculpt, he can paint, he can do line drawing. One year he did like this, he took baling wire and made a baling wire sculpture 
Like, he's just such a jerk. Like, I'm horrible. Well, other than cooking, I'm horrible at all art. Like, I just don't. It's just not. And my friend JP over here is, like, an amazing artist. I got none of that. Like, and he can play, like, five different instruments. Such a jerk. I love him. He's one of my very best friends for, like I said, 30-plus years. Um, but I've seen him work on, like, get a block of wood, and kind of, he would sit there and, like, he would look at it. Like, he'd just look at this wood, and he'd kind of see which way the grain was going and stuff. And then he'd just start, like, he had this chisel thing, and he'd just start taking pieces of the wood off until, like, this thing came out of it. I was like, I didn't see that in there. I saw something that I would probably use to keep myself warm. Um, but he, like, made art. And so sculptors understand that it's a block of wood or stone. The art's already there. And the trick is to remove what's unnecessary so that the beauty can be exposed. And the same reality exists in you. You have things that are gorgeous and beautiful and amazing that are being covered up by your own junk as trauma, pain, personal preferences, addictions, um, bitter judgments that you might have, prejudices that exist within you, all these different things like maybe covering up some absolutely beautiful thing. And if you're resisting the sculptor who is Jesus, how's that art, how's that beauty going to come out? So Lent is an opportunity to drop some of that external cl clutter or some of those negative attributes from your life and find out some, there may be something really, really beautiful inside of you that God wants to expose. And by doing this, that's a way of making it happen. The single most important event for Christians since the church at its very beginning is the resurrection of Jesus. The early church felt that Easter was a great time to celebrate this new life, entrance into the body of Christ through the baptism of new believers. Believe it or not, in the, in the original early church, they would, <laughs> we don't follow their baptism practices. They were a little bit different than ours. They would actually separate male and female, show up at dawn, remove all their clothes, and be baptized. A little bit strange. I was in Japan some years ago on a missions trip. And um, in Japan, they have these communal baths. And um, you do it sky-clad. In other words, your only thing you're wearing is sky. <laughs> and I was like, no thanks. <laughs> no thank you, not interested. But the original baptisms, they would on Easter wake up with the dawn and baptize. I just, I think it's this beautiful thing of like, I can imagine in my head, like maybe they're in Galilee at the sea or something, and like the sun coming up over the hills and, and, and being baptized at dawn. It's just kind of this beautiful image like to me in, there, in my head of how those early baptisms looked. So the 40 days leading up to Easter, not including the Sundays, they're used as a time of preparation, mimicking Jesus' 40 days, which I mentioned before. This is what's known as Lent. Lent comes to an end with the weight of our sins in focus, because part of the purpose of it is an act of repentance. We talked about repentance last week, right? 
So this repentance, kind of recognizing, okay, Lord, what do I need to give to you? What, what do I have in me or in my life that needs to be submitted to you and is not? And so we remember the passion of Jesus. Remember his final hours of his life and his, his death on the cross for our sake, that our sins were forgiven. And, and looking forward to Resurrection Day, if you ever have a chance, I was going to show it this morning, but then I, I cut it out because I saw what kind of time we had. Um, go and find the sermon. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And just go listen to it. It's incredible. It will move you. It's, it's just beautiful. And it's like, it's a five-minute segment, so five minutes of your day. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And go listen to it. You will be encouraged. The Holy Spirit is also part of the Lenten story. Jesus' time in the desert was marked by the work of the Spirit from the beginning of it to the end. The Holy Spirit met him in the desert. It said that Jesus returned full of the Holy Spirit after this time. And that's my hope for us, too. That as we observe this Lent season, as we do this fast during these 40 days, that the Holy Spirit would meet us and that we could be full of the Spirit, that we would have the power of the Spirit working in us and through us. Luke 41, 1 through 15, talks about this. These verses are Luke's account of Christ's time in the desert. If you know the story, the devil showed up and tempted him with everything. He tempted him with power. He tempted him with basic stuff like food and sustenance. I was thinking about this. Jesus began his 40 days full of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit led him into the desert. A lot of times we have this thought, this idea that if we're in God, we won't have wilderness. That if we're following God, there won't be struggle. That if we're following God, he'll just make our path smooth and our way easy. This triumphantalism and as I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about my friends in the Ukraine today, God led them there through prophecy, through stirring their spirit. Guys, they could tell you story after story of how God made this happen. I mean, it was insane. Like, it was miracles. Like, legit, real miracles. And he led them to this place. And obviously, the middle of Ukraine right now is not without conflict. The middle of Ukraine right now is not without struggle. The middle of Ukraine right now is a wilderness. And I was thinking about this too. I was like, can we all agree that Jesus probably loved the disciples? Right? Jesus loved the disciples. They were good guys. They were his friends. They hung out together. Did you know that 11 of the 12 disciples were martyred? Does that mean God doesn't love Matthew, Mark, Luke, you know, I mean, you know, 
Stephen. I mean, you know, we could just keep going, right? Like, like these guys followed Jesus. They hung out with Jesus every day. They were with him all the time, and they were murdered by the government. And we feel oppressed when somebody tells us, you know, we ask to pray for them and they say no. Or they won't say Merry Christmas or something silly. Like we feel like, oh, you know, why are you oppressing me? Help, help, I'm being oppressed. <laughs> okay, a few of you. Oh, good. <laughs> um, but like we, we feel that way, right? Like, and like the disciples... We're literally, I'm going to say this is kind of funny. It's not, but it kind of is. The only one who lived to an old age was John. He's the only one who died of a natural death. And I'm going to share with you a silly thought I had in my head this morning. I'm wondering if it's because he was such a good runner. Because <laughs> if you read, when you read the scripture and he talks about him and that he was running and he's faster than everybody. And like John brings it up multiple times. I'm like, is it because John was such a good runner that he's the only one who wasn't martyred? But like all of this, I know, I'm still, I, it's probably not fair. And John's going to get mad at me when I meet him in heaven. But uh, he's going to be like, why did you tell that joke on me? Um, but like. Why, why do we have this idea that if everything's not going okay, God doesn't love us? Sometimes the Holy Spirit is going to take you places and ask you to go places, and it's going to be worse than where you were before. You're going to have challenges that you didn't have before. You're going to encounter things in your life, and you're going to be like, God, you told me to do this, and I followed your commands, and so why does stuff suck? Right? And then when that happens, I want you to remember that the Holy Spirit is the one who led Jesus into the wilderness. God is the one who, fire by night, cloud by day, led the Israelites out of Egypt and fed them manna every day to where they started griping about it all the time. He, he wandered them around the desert for a really long time. So don't assume that you heard God wrong if you have challenges. The scripture shows us that sometimes God marches us right into the middle of the battle because that's where we're needed. And God needs you in the middle of pain and difficult places and he needs you to be strong and courageous and trust him even when you're challenged. And during Lent, you may run into some challenges. It's going to be hard sometimes. Luke draws our attention to the Holy Spirit in his gospel. And the reason I didn't read this this morning is because we're going to be reading it on a, we're going to have a whole Sunday morning on this scripture. Um, so I'm just referencing it today. But in this sentence, he references this, the Holy Spirit twice. That the Holy Spirit was with Jesus as he took him into the wilderness, and the Holy Spirit was with Jesus as he left the wilderness. So it's not like the Holy Spirit got lost somewhere along the way. So we need to pay attention to that. This is the traditional prayer for Lent. It's this. From dust you've come, to dust you shall return. Repent and believe 
the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're going to do a call and response this morning. I'm going to say it, and I'd like for you to repeat it, okay? Are we, we good with that? So I'm going to say, from dust I come, to dust I shall return. I repent and believe in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We talked about repentance last week, right? I repent. God, forgive me of my sin. And I believe in your salvation. I believe that you wiped it away. I believe, Lord Jesus, that my sins are forgiven because of the victory of the cross. I believe. God, I believe. Have you ever been in a wilderness? Sometimes we're like full of the Spirit, walking with the Lord, seeking God every day. We're doing our prayer time. We're having our quiet time reading the Scripture. We're seeking God's face, singing in the Spirit. Sometimes the Spirit leads us into the wilderness, even when we're doing all the right things. Because sometimes the very best place for God to shape you, like we were talking about that art earlier, sometimes the very best place for God to shape you is in the wilderness. I can promise you that block of wood is not enjoying it as pieces of it are getting chunked away. Like it's a, it's a violent process, right? As wood is, or if you're stone and stone is getting shattered off the formation of it, as you take sanding paper and you're sanding it, it gets hot. The sandpaper gets hot and that heat and that the dust and the formation and the smoothing of who we are is not a gentle act. And sometimes God has to do that with us. Sometimes God has to do that with us. When you fast, oh man, Jesus is saying when, not if. <laughs> Dang it! When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. So apparently there's a hypocritical way to fast. <laughs> apparently there's a way to be a hypocrite as you fast. A hypocrite is a person who puts on a false appearance of virtue or religion. And I, I think what Jesus is saying here is that reference in 2 Timothy. I'm having a form of godliness. I'm appearing godly. I'm looking good. But I don't, I'm not actually good. That's where that character thing steps in, right? Like, am I actually good, not just looking at it? Fasting's not a spectator sport. It doesn't do any good just watching someone else do it. It's something that you have to engage in. And that's what Lent is. Lent is a fast. There's no magic formula. The wind of the Spirit blows where it pleases, John 3, 8. Maybe it's in our surrender that the Holy Spirit shows up and makes a difference. Maybe it's detoxing from our idols. Maybe it's because we get more tuned in and focused on what God has been doing and saying all along, but we have so much clutter in our lives, we have so much other stuff going on that we just miss it because we're not paying attention. In the wilderness, Matthew and Luke tell us that Jesus is tempted three different times. 
but that temptation is resisted. And how does Jesus resist temptation? He used scripture. He used God's promises, the truth. He battles the enemy. Jesus is just like us when it comes to temptation. Scripture tells us that he was fully man. Jesus felt tempted. He was tempted, just like all of us are. The most common explanation, as I referenced before, is that Jesus deflects the enemy's attacks with the word of God. Hebrews says this, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. When you read, have you ever read scripture and you're like, oof, you mean it actually says I have to do that? Like I have to be kind to my, I need to be patient? You mean I actually have to curb my tongue and I can't just say whatever I want when I'm mad? What's up with that? (laughs) Right? It's like sometimes it almost feels like it severs you. The enemy will tempt and accuse us. Peter's filled with the Spirit when he faces his accusers. And like Jesus and Paul, when he's facing the temptations that hit us every day, we can't go into that without the Holy Spirit on our side. We have to have Scripture. Spiritual warfare can't happen without knowing the Word of God, the truth of God, whose authority it is, which is Jesus Christ, that we have authority through Jesus The Spirit brings us life, as it says in 2 Corinthians. I want to pray this together. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do kind of like we did before. Um, And I'm going to say a a sentence, and then I would like for you to to repeat that after me. So let's start. Lord, take our hearts and our inmost beings with the fire of your Holy Spirit. That we may serve you with pure bodies and pure minds. In Christ our Lord, amen. See, God wants the deepest parts of who we are. And and the fire of his Holy Spirit, the presence of, of the Holy Spirit in us can just change us and transform us and make us that new creation that he promised we could be. And that we can be pure. Like, that's a promise of Scripture, that we can stand holy and righteous before God because of what Jesus did on the cross. Right? We can stand before God with confidence. It says, come confidently to the throne of God. We can come confident before him. So this year, Lent starts on Wednesday, March 2nd. That's this coming Wednesday. Wednesday, March 2nd. And it ends Thursday, April 14th. So my simple question to you is, dialogue with God. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You have a conversation with God and ask, God, are you calling me to fast something? What might you be calling me to fast? Typically, one fasts meat, like I mentioned earlier. However, there's other things you could fast. What if you fasted regret? The if only, right? 
if only is a big thing. What if you fasted comparison? Dang, that's a tough one. I think everybody wrestles with that, right? What if you fasted comparison? What might the fruit be of fasting resentfulness? Like there's this person in my life and I just can't stop hating them. What if you fasted that just for 40 days? And every time that thought in your head, you let it go. What about fasting some of your personal time? I usually do this, but for this next 40 days, maybe I'll spend it serving at Sunrise Outreach Center or serving at the, my kid's school or caring for a neighbor or something. What if you fasted some of your personal time for 40 days? What would the fruit of that might look like? So just as Jesus began his journey into the wilderness full of the Spirit, we should start Lent in the same way. Growing up Catholic, you would show up and they would do the sign of the cross with ashes and oil on your forehead. That was something we did. And you walk around, here's the catch. You're supposed to leave it all day. So anybody who runs into you knows, oh, you're one of those. Because <laughs> you got this like ash and cross on your forehead. However, I want to invite you to begin your journey of Lent with the oil of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to have ashes and oil. It can just take a simple prayer where we say, come Holy Spirit. Have the worship team come up, please. So here's what I want to do. Um, can I also get some folks, some prayer team people up here who will pray? Bob, Dave, Christy, Aaron, Deb and Sandy. Yeah. Can you guys come pray for some people as well? Um, yeah, I just, I didn't get that direction. Yeah, come on up. Tag team with some of you guys. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to go back and run sound and stuff so all this works. Um, you're fine. I just need to unplug. Um, here's what I want. Here's what I feel like the Lord's doing this morning. If you would like a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, um, for God to speak to you, maybe you need healing in some area or aspect of your life. Maybe you just need like a fresh word from God. Maybe there's something that you're wrestling with that is like a really big deal and you need God to intervene. These folks are up here to pray for you. My encouragement would be not to let today go by. And, and the worship team is going to be going, so we won't hear anything you're praying. Um, my encouragement to you would be this. Come get a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit this morning. Don't leave here today without the Holy Spirit meeting you this morning. Lord, I bless my friends. Holy Spirit, would you come?
we're just we're gonna kind of end service this way. Um, we're just gonna kind of let the ministry that God's doing go on. Um, thank you for joining us. So excited to see you next week. And if you have kids, go ahead and go pick up your kiddos. And um, God bless you guys as you.